0: She's been on the cover of Yoga Journal. She's teaching on the Yoga Girl platform. She's been on yoga on Rachel Brothers Yoga Girl podcast. Um, she's teaching other yoga teachers how to build a thriving online business or thriving business. Oh, my God. She's just amazing and one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met. Um, in this episode, I'm talking to B. Bosnack. And I'm just so honored and excited to have her on the show. She's sharing um a lot about her background, how she got started, which always I find so inspiring because when we see those people who are doing all these amazing things, um, it can be really hard to remember that they actually started right from zero or from um at the beginning, just like we did. So... B today is sharing it all, her story, her background, how she got where she is today and she's also sharing a ton of tips and advice to help you get started building your yoga business. I can't wait for you to meet her so let's get started. Hi, Bee. Welcome to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. I'm so excited to have you here. So um, for everybody who, uh, who doesn't know you yet, can you tell us in a few
1: words who you are and what you do? Yes, I am a yoga and meditation teacher specializing in somatic as well as shadow work. And I'm also a, a spiritual uh, business mentor. So
0: great. I, I love what you're doing, like um your yoga videos and an Instagram. Everything looks looks so beautiful. But I'm guessing that's not where you started out, right?
1: Can you, you so tell much. a little yeah. bit
0: more about the beginnings of your career as a yoga a, a wellness entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I think you know we have this misconception when we look at our visuals um, that uh, maybe she started this way, but I can tell you that it did not start this way at all. Um, I always encourage people if if they do sort of land on my feed, I always say like, go back to the beginning, go back to the beginning of my feed. If you're on Instagram to see how everything evolved uh, for me, but um, you know, the beginning, um, Suzanne, I I mean, I don't even know where to start, but I guess let's start from the beginning (laughs) is um, I, you know, I am I am first a businesswoman before I found the spiritual practice, and um, for me, it was a way to really uh, kind of co-create the 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 this the spiritual part of the practice, but as well as the business part. Before I moved into all of this, I was in the fashion industry for many many years actually, and um, my responsibility in the fashion industry was I was a uh, um, a visual merchandiser, a visual merchandise manager where everything was all about visuals. So for me, you know, visuals are very, very important. And so I think when we are trying to portray something whether that is within our message, right? um, The the visuals uh, we call that branding as you know, right? is, Mm -hmm. is, Is taking someone really through an experience and the visuals help them to feel something. You know your brand, I always say like the brand is 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 really you. You are the brand. Everything you do is for the brand, but there's this essence. There's this energy behind the brand that really needs to be able to fit fit within you. And I, I mean, I'm sure you also agree as 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 you know creating brands as well. Yes, of
0: course, and I always say um, you have to think: what do you want? For example, your website visitors or people who come get in touch with your brand. What do you want them to feel like? To feel energized, or calm, or relaxed? You know, and that can really influence, um, for example, what colors you choose or how you present yourself.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I remember my my first ever website. Oh my god, it was. It was just black, and it was so dark, and it was so, um, you know, just kind of this this heavy energy. And, I, and when I look back to really see where I was, it was because I was in that state. Oh, that's very really interesting.
0: I, when yeah, was that? How long ago? When did you have your first was website in
1: 2000, up? 2000. Oh my god! Wow. Um, so no, back I'm when sorry. you probably had to hire someone to to build your website, it right? was because it, exactly, exactly. This was. um not 2000. I'm sorry. It was. Um, 2010, 2010 oh, okay. was my first uh, my first website, and I actually hired a friend of mine <laughs> because I had no idea what I was doing. So she created there was this uh, platform called Weebly. It's a very old platform. And yeah, she yeah created- I know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was very dark and it was called Yoga on the Edge. I wanted to, to be very edgy. I wanted the message to be a little bit more out there. But I was, you know, very in the in a in a dark space where everything was just black and dark and very heavy. Um, and of course, when you look at, you know, my my branding now it's completely changed. And I think that's what really happens with branding is that you rebrand as you change, as you start to, you know, uh find yourself uh, Um, In a a different kind of energy according to what it is that you teach or or lead or serve or help. Um, So it's really, I always say, never get attached to the brand because it's you as the brand always are evolving.
0: I know, and I love it that you still get started because it's where a lot of people get stuck—that they want everything to be just perfect and to know everything and have everything figured out before they can, I don't know, like start with their website or create offers. And sometimes you just have to start with where you are, and everything will evolve, um, you know, like um, over time.
1: Yeah, you know, perfection. I think is is such a It's such a heavy place to be in because perfection, you know, for me, what, what I look at perfect, it's just an illusion. And I think perfection is really relative because, you know, uh, someone's sense of perfection for me could not be perfect or my kind of definition of perfect could be very different to someone else. So, you know, I believe that perfection is very relative, but it's also an illusion. And when we try to perfect ourselves, whether it is a website, whether it is a yoga pose, whether it is a business proposal, whether it is a program, you know, whatever is you are trying to perfect Relationship, um, we, we're, we're actually doomed from the get go if we are aiming for perfection because there is no such thing. However, you know, we are kind of um, propelled in that. We are taught that from society that if we are not perfect, we are not good enough. And so mm-hmm. I think we're chasing this idea of, I want to feel good enough so therefore everything external should look beautiful and pretty and on brand when inside we are moving through things that need attention first
0: yeah that's so true and my business is when i'm everything has to be organized <laughs> it doesn't have to look perfect but everything has to be organized and that's when i'm feeling like something i'm stressed or you know like overwhelmed with something else Mm-hmm. Um but it helps me actually then to focus on things like okay cleaning up my to-do list and and it's like cleaning up your closet or something
1: you know, like it helps you bring getting everything in order i think <laughs> systems are very thing. important yeah mm-hmm. creating systems that really work for you so that you are not working for the system because yeah. like you said, you know, yes, of course it can get overwhelming. Um, and you know, this this word overwhelm, it's such a such a ubiquitous word. Um, and it's really in those moments when we feel out of control. And I think being organized kind of gives us again that illusion of control, but it also helps us to get the, you know, the the needle moving. Because if mm-hmm. we're not organized, we are all over the place. And so yeah. This is kind of like moving from the state of, um, you know, motion, which is your planning, 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 to do list, all of that, into the action steps. You know, starting really small, taking those small little actions in order for then you to see the result.
0: It's all I about that. finding that balance. I mean, yeah. you like you can be too organized when you're only focusing on that and spending more to spend more time on your to do list than actually taking action, and the same with. Um, designing or perfecting something you're like of course it's like some people it's really important that things look nice I like to have a beautiful website too but um, so it's not something that I would want to spend like um, a day every single week because I want to focus on different things
1: yeah and I think it's really important what you have on your website because if your website is not converting why even have a website? Don't you think? Because it needs to be, it needs to be with uh, it needs to convert for you. It needs to be able to uh, you know, because your website is your home and yes, you want your online home to, to be a, a, um, an expression of who you are, but also what are you housing on that website? I think is also important, right? What are you offering on that website? Um, that people will come back over and over and over, um, so I think that's also um, pretty important too. Is what mm-hmm. is housed within uh, within the website as well? Um, I don't know if you, if this comes across for you, but I I tend to also find you know um, that. Sometimes we get into our own head that you know I need a website in order to put myself out there, or I need a website in order for me to uh, get my you know get my program out there or start teaching or start doing things. Um, I'm just curious as a website designer yourself, do you mm. come across that? Do people? Yes,
0: definitely. Definitely right now, and I'm always like saying, okay, um, it's helpful if you have a website and when you want to create an online course, for example. Um, but you can get started before you have the website up. And actually, when you start working, for example, on online programs and you figure out where you want to go and the strategy, that can influence what you put on the website. So it's actually helpful if you have that in in place already. And you can set up a landing page on ConvertKit or MailChimp, for example, to get started or get started with the Facebook page even. Yeah. But um, yeah, but I, I, having a web website in the end before it's, I think is really, really necessary. Um, I probably wouldn't buy an online course from someone who didn't have a website because I think it really helps to build trust and you want to see that that person is real and in it, you know, like, so professional.
1: I, I, can, I can see where you're coming from there, but um, the work that I do, you know, again, it's sometimes like having something external can be like this, this, this time where we're trying to have everything done in order to put our work out there. Like you were saying, you know, um, Having something like really understanding who you are, what your brand is, what you're actually, uh, you know, what kind of program or what kind of course you're putting out there really, really helps in order to create the website, in order to create this, you know, brand story or this visual story. Um, but but I also believe that you can do incredible things uh, without necessarily having, uh, you know, Um, This beautiful website where you're spending so much money but you're not even sure, excuse me, but you're not even really sure what your message is or who your most ideal clients are. So I think, you know, again, like you said, having this balance. Having this balance because you could have a beautiful website, but it's not converting or people mm. are not buying. So there's something something in the back end that is not aligning. And then you could maybe not have a website, but you've got you know tons of people ready to buy from you. They're literally waiting for you to create a program or for you to create a course. So I think there's this beautiful, fine um, balance between the two. And if you can have both, then you are extremely winning, right?
0: Yes, for sure. Now, I always recommend, especially for yoga teachers, just starting out, don't hire an expensive website designer or don't hire someone to design a logo when you're just starting out and you don't really know what you're doing and what you're offering yet. So you can create a simple website. It can be just like an about page and a home page and a contact page or something Absolutely. and start with that. That's right. It's just step yes. by step, really. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So yeah. how did you evolve like within your... Business. So, where did you go f- from that dark website? So back then, so you were just like um, teaching in studios, or That's
1: how did right. it happen
0: that now you? I mean, now you're really like an online entrepreneur as well. So how did
1: that? Happen? So the way it sort of happened um, was, um, so I again, I, I was in the fashion industry for many many years and worked with um, a lot of big name brands. I worked for um, you know Dolce and I worked for um, Alexandra McQueen. Um, and then I worked for, um, you know, uh, high street names such as, uh, Bloomingdale's. I worked for Henry Bendel's. Um, and while I was doing this, um, I found, I found meditation. This was around, um, 2000, 2010, 2011 uh, ish. Um, and once I found meditation, something, like this doorway opened for me. And it, it was, you know, it was very, very intriguing. And I, and I, and I just found myself going to meditation. Then I started to uh, go into breath work, pranayama. So that's the way my spiritual journey kind of began. But I was always very spiritual uh, before that, you know, as a child, I was very in tune. Um, I was very intuitive with things, Um, I was very, very drawn to nature. Um, I was able to really read uh, energy, um, you know, in in a way that I could like sense people's languages, their body languages without any sort of uh, verbal communication. So I always thought maybe, you know, maybe I'm just weird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just strange. And um, but then once I found uh, meditation and breath work, I started to kind of really connect to myself, um, that I had been kind of blocking for a very, very long time, especially being in the fashion industry. Um, you know, there's, there's this, uh, there's this kind of rat race in the corporate field. And so that opened a different portal and I started then to do the physical practice, um, which was the asana. And once I found myself really drawn to the yoga practice, I was, um, invited to do a teacher training. I never wanted to be a teacher. I was very happy with my fashion career. I was very happy where I was. I was pretty, um, you know, It wasn't like I was over the moon with my career, but I was pretty comfortable, you could say. You know, I never knew uh, that I could have a world where I could, you know, make my own schedule or make my own rules. Um, Even though studying, I studied business at at the University of Greenwich in England where I grew up and my minor was in entrepreneurship, but I never really knew that that was kind of possible. So long story short, I did the teacher training. I really did not want to, but um, I was kind of drawn to it because I wanted to really deepen my knowledge of the practice. I could feel myself changing and I really wanted to understand what was happening to me. How was yoga this transformational? I was having a huge spiritual awakening. So I did my teacher training. And once I did that, I started teaching very, very quickly. And, um, at that point I was also really into writing. I started writing for yoga magazines. I started talking about, you know, philosophy, the energetics of yoga, and then, um, very, very quickly. I then started to um, get covers on yoga magazines. I was in like 12 covers in one year. That really boosted my career in a way Mm. that was just so transformative. But I was just like, guys, I'm I'm still new. Like I'm still learning. I'm only writing through my experience. And it was kind of very, it, it just grew very quickly. And then I created my Heal Yourself Method which is really healing from the inside out. So using, you know, shadow work, using somatic practice, um, using breath as a bridge to connect your body to your mind. And I started traveling while I still had my fashion job. I started traveling, doing workshops and retreats um, first nationally. And then I went really global and I started to. So that all
0: happened while you were
1: still working in fashion. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I felt like you know, I was two different people because I would go to work and I was a different person. And then I would teach and I was a different person. And the only person I wanted to be was the person that I was when I was teaching. Ah. I I really wanted to to be that, but I just I didn't know how I could turn this into a full-time job, if you will. Like I didn't know how this could support me in in paying for my lifestyle that I was used to. So when did
0: what did you do? When did you realize that you could do this that this passion might become a full-time gig
1: yeah honestly i got down onto the drawing board and i had to make a plan i needed to make a plan in order to leave my job and the reason why i actually left was here's a funny story so here um our holiday days or vacation days i would usually use them to teach the retreats and um, it got to a point i was i was going to teach a, a retreat in Italy. And my boss at the time, um, she would not approve the dates that I was supposed to teach this retreat. Mm. And so I was, you know, I was on a crossroads. Well, what do I do? Do I, you know, let all these people down who are coming to Italy to do this retreat or do, or is this a sign that I've been looking for to quit my job? And it was time for me to quit. And so that's exactly what I did. I threw in the towel. I quit the job. I went to Italy. I taught the retreat. It was incredible. And then I said, you know what? I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I have a business degree. This is not rocket science. I'll figure it out. So once I came back, um, I did. I hired mentors. This was when mentorship and coaching um was not regarded in a best way in the yoga industry um, this was in 2014 uh, very quickly I started to create um, online programs I've been online since 2014 um, I um, you know I was teaching I started teaching for uh, yoga girl which is an online platform I started teaching for beach body which is a fitness program uh, platform I was the first uh, meditation teacher to bring this kind of program to the fitness industry so I've been online for you know for many many years and so putting myself out there using the you know the gift of the internet in order to be able to create more of an impact and to get my message out there was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself and then into uh, 2015 you know so many yoga teachers were asking me well B how did you do this how did you do that And I created my Thrive Mentorship Program, where I was educating yoga teachers, the business side. And mind you, Suzanne, you know, back then, I had a lot of, you know, backlash Mm -hmm. from teachers and colleagues, you know, how can you take spirituality online? you know, what is a mentorship program? We don't do that. You know, Uh, we don't talk about money and we don't talk about branding and we are, you know, we are noble to teach for free. And we are noble because our prices are cheap. You know, we are noble because yoga is supposed to be an offering. And I just couldn't wrap my head around that message again, because coming from a business background. So I did what I needed to do. And uh, I, created, I created that. And, you know, I've been, I've been online and teaching online since then. And, and, and that's really the way I've been able to create such an impact is by using this gift of the internet to put myself and my work that is really, really needed uh, out there.
0: I think that's amazing. So inspiring. I love it. Um, so do you still teach in person as well, classes or retreats or do you like mix it up or are you exclusively online?
1: Yeah. So I actually um, I've been yeah teaching my Heal Yourself retreats for many, many years. Um, we had to put a pause in 2020, of course, uh, mm. with the pandemic pandemic. Um, And uh, this year, we don't have any retreats. Um, We are pausing it until next year. But yes, I usually teach about uh, four to five retreats a year. So, um, and I'm able to, you know, meet my students who are very global uh, from practicing with me online to actually coming to the retreat and practicing with me in person. And I, I did teach, I would teach about four classes, four classes a week in New York City. Um, To also create a community for my New York City students. But things just really completely paused in 2020, where, you know, the, the mentorship program, you know, I've been doing it for many years, but it just took off because so many teachers came to me asking, what do I do? What is Zoom? You know, I've been on Zoom since 2014. Uh, What is Zoom? What do I do? How do I get myself out there? What do I teach? And so it was very, very interesting to see, you know, many people who were resistant, really, really resistant to now in this pandemic, ready to actually create an online empire. And I guess it took a pandemic for people to realize that you have to be online. If you want to thrive and you want to scale, you have to be online.
0: I had the same experience. I can see actually in my Google traffic in the the middle of March, 2020, how it um, it took off. And I'm so inspired by how many yoga teachers really stepped up and, you know, I stepped out of the comfort zone and figured it out and started teaching online. Yes.
1: It just takes, you know, like just step by step. We all start from somewhere. We all have to take that first step in order to do that. I mean, I wish it didn't take a pandemic to, to, to be that way, but it did. And so now, now that we're online, now that a lot of yoga teachers are online, now how do we start to scale in a way that is really sustainable instead of teaching, you know, 25 Zoom classes a week? Now we need to move ourselves in a way where it's even more scalable, where we are impacting more people and maybe... um Uh, A kind of more of like these online courses that you're teaching, or in my case, mentorships that I'm teaching. So now it's like, how do you put all your gifts, all your talents, right? You are a yoga teacher. You are a meditation teacher. You are a transformational teacher. You are helping people. You are changing the lives of people. And therefore you need to be compensated in a way that aligns with your message and also helps you to do even more. That's what I really genuinely believe in. There's abundance for all of us that all of us can truly win.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. I love it. Um, So let's make this actionable. So where would you start when you're a yoga teacher, you've been teaching in studios and now you're like, oh, what do I do next?
1: So, well, where to start? Well, first you have to, um, what I would say is What is, you know, what are you actually teaching? What is it that, what is your specific message? What's the message of the yoga? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it mental? Is it all of that? Then think about a program that you can create, a program with a start date and an end date. So What could that be? How long is it? What's the duration of the program? Okay, once you've figured that out, you start to then reach out to your community. So do you have an email list? Do you have a social media platform? Um, And it doesn't matter how many followers you have. You know, I think sometimes people can fall into this idea that I need a big audience in order for me to make big impact or big money, whatever that is, right? So if, say, you have 200 people following you, that's two hundred people that are waiting for some kind of, um, you know, program from you. So ask your audience what do they want, what do they need. Do some market research, find out what exactly your audience is looking for, and then curate a program. That all you need is literally Wi-Fi. You have a Zoom account, right? You then create a schedule where you meet up. Is it once a week? Is it twice a week? You put a price point and then a duration, and now you've got your pilot program, or this may also be like a a beta program. Your pilot program is your first program where you experiment, and that's a really key word. You have to experiment and you have to take it for a test drive. So then when you are relaunching next time and next time and next time, you are starting to allow your program to be curated in a way where, okay, this is not working or this is working. So the first action step, I would say, ask your people, what do they want? What kind of program do they want?
0: Because yes. Usually what I love we- here is that idea of um, co-creation. Yes, like- like get them involved ask them for feedback ask them like what do they want but also in the pilot program really get them involved
1: absolutely because i tend to find that you know we create programs for ourselves like oh this would be really incredible but we haven't even done market research and this is what entrepreneurs do when they're creating a product or when they're creating a program is they go through market research it is the first stage of creating something. Does the market want this? Is there a need for the marketplace? Um, so maybe
0: a yoga thing as well. Because as a yoga teacher, you normally you know, like you step up, you just like in front of the class. Everybody's listening to you. It's, you know, like it's like this. Of course, you're like looking at people, but normally it's like this one-way communication. <laughs>
1: Right. And so when you're doing it more of the, you know, an interactive way, say you have, you know, say you're teaching the yoga, but then you also offer maybe, um, you know, like um, circles where you literally are on Zoom and you do a journaling circle. Maybe you do a sharing circle. Maybe you do a meditation circle. So you start to create something a little bit different than just going on Zoom and teaching a yoga class just a movement class so finding this way to really connect with your audience with your community and 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 to, and to use the practice of yoga in order to um, literally like create this expansion for them through your program um, I tend to find a lot of you know teachers uh, perhaps in um, in a state of well I only I only teach yoga but what does that mean only teach yoga yoga is so amazing. It is such a, a beautiful doorway for people's healing. And when we can come back to, you know, the, the, the philosophy and the psycho-spirituality of yoga, and we start to teach that within an online course or an online program, right, there's a difference, um, then we tap into something incredible, So you're not just only teaching yoga, but you are teaching a transformation. You are creating an experience that no other teacher can create because you are teaching that from your own experience. And I think, Suzanne, when we look out there, oh, this has been done. This has been done. This has been done. This has been done. Go back to your own story. Why did you start? Why did you start? And when you you can allow your why To be the only pedestal that you are putting up there, it's a game changer. It is truly a game changer because now you are creating the offering for them to help them, to heal them, to transform them through the way you have transformed. And that's exactly, you know, what I've done is I'm only teaching from my own experience from what is possible. So I think maybe that could be, you know, a first action step for any teacher who is thinking of, you know, taking themselves online. You're not going to regret it. I mean, it's going to open up so many doors for you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And so um, it's just getting started, this whole online education market. And thanks to the pandemic, it got such a boom. Not everybody knows Zoom. Even my 77-year-old aunt used Zoom for some music classes um or to meet with her friends. And yes, it's just like a really, really
1: um great time to to get started with that. And also it's such a great time where we we are needed. We are needed that as as well. Yes, more than ever. Yes. More than ever, more than ever to help people through their immune system, their nervous system, right? Their digestive system, their stress levels. We know how to do that as yoga teachers. We know how to bring people into homeostasis. We know how to bring people back into their yin state, right? They're back into their parasympathetic state. So I think we just need to get out of our own way. Once we get out of our own way and we look at, you know what? How can I serve? How can I offer my experience in a way that will change? Not maybe... Millions of people's lives, but one person's life. And that's how we start. We start by changing one person's life.
0: I don't think everybody, anybody explained it so beautifully like you just did ever on this podcast or and anywhere. You should write a book for sure. <laughs> uh, it's I'm, really work, inspiring. I'm working it's on so it. Thank beautiful. you. Um, is there anything you would have done differently when you were just um, in the startup phase?
1: That's yeah. That's a very very good question. Um, honestly, I think every single thing that I have experienced as a teacher, healer, entrepreneur—they they all sort of infuse uh, within one. Is um, you know everything that I've gone through has been the catalyst of where I am. So if I was to kind of extract something, it's like when you extract something, you know, from a recipe, you know that that dish that you're creating is just not going to taste the same. So I don't think there would be anything I would extract from my experience, but you know what I what I would have wanted? I would have wanted more yoga teachers that would hold my hand and teach me the business side of the practice. I did not have that, Suzanne.
0: Nobody so does. Right? I had to do, go.
1: Yes. Yeah. I had to go and find business mentors. And so I've been working with entrepreneurs for many, many years. I know what entrepreneurs talk about. I know what the seven-figure, eight-figure, nine-figure entrepreneurs are focused on. And so I wish I had um, a teacher who was so in their spiritual practice, but also teaching me the business side. Because there were many, many teachers who were so abundant but they were not sharing how they were abundant. It was a secret. No one was talking about money. No one was talking about expansion. There was no such thing as creating an online program for for yoga teachers, you know? so that's 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 the only thing that I wished that I had. Um, but you know, and now you can see everyone you know is a holistic coach, a mentor. Um, but it's 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 very, very critical that you have mentors throughout your journey. And that is what, you know, I have many different mentors who help me through many different phases of my life, whether that's business, life, or, you know, um, healing. Um, Having mentors who support you is so critical because you cannot do this alone. I always say that. You cannot do this alone.
0: How did they help you? Did you have like, for example, mindset issues or did you have to overcome fears or limiting beliefs when you started your yoga business?
1: I think, you know, the, the limiting beliefs that truly um, come up for us is this concept of who am I, who am I to do this? And My suggestion to that is, you know, to ask yourself, who are you not to do this? Or this fear of being judged. Well, what will people think of me? You know, I have this burning desire to birth this, whatever that is, whether it's a program, a website, um, a training, a curriculum, right, whatever that is. Um, There's this fear of being judged. And what I say to that is, you know, you're always going to be judged. This is the condition of humanity, the human condition. When we are in the state of the unconscious, right? We are always judging and we judge according to things that we have not healed ourselves. So whether you are success, when you're successful, you will be judged. And when you are struggling, you will be judged. <laughs> so no matter where you are, you're always going to be judged. So you might as well be judged for your boldness for your integrity, and for taking the action steps. Because if you are, you know, as yoga teachers, if we're taking this into now entrepreneurship and we are raising our hand for entrepreneurship, then we are raising our hand to take risks. That is the definition of being an entrepreneur or a spiritualpreneur, a fempreneur, whatever you want to call that, is you are raising your hand to take a risk and so if you are if you are stuck in perfection, or if you are stuck in this scarcity mindset, if you are stuck with limiting beliefs of who am I because of someone said this, or you heard it in your childhood, or this is what your mom thinks of you, or your father thinks of you, and you are repeating these things over and over to yourself, it comes to a point where, you know, you you start to find a way to unravel those limiting beliefs and you're like, this is actually, it's not true. It's not true. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I would say um, the, the biggest limiting belief for me in the beginning was I was hearing from people that you cannot create an empire by teaching yoga. And I believed that. Mm-hmm. I believed that. That you have to teach, you know, I was teaching, like, what, 20, 22, 23 classes every week for, like, what, $35. And I, I, I said, there must be a better way. This cannot just be this way. Like, is this the joke? This is what I have to do for the rest of my life? Mm. The energy that I'm giving? The information that I'm giving? I mean, yes, I could do this for free because I love what I do. It gives me such purpose. And I did for a long time do things for free. I always said, yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And then I heard, you know, from the grapevine, these other teachers who who I were, you know, connected with um, were, were getting paid because they were stepping into their worth and they were asking for what they needed. And so I saw, you know, many different sides of of the business when it comes to yoga, but it's really about staying true to your integrity and also looking at, you know, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What What is your goal? What is your desire? What do you want? And when you find out what you want, then you have the strength, you create the strength, and the courage to do whatever it takes to get what you want. But if you don't know what you want, you're gonna be looking around for other people and you're going to find yourself, oh, maybe I want that, or no, actually, I might want that. So get clear about what do you want.
0: That's always the first step, yes. And that's what's going to help you as well when you have that clarity. Um, When things get tough because, I mean, yeah, we all know like building an online business it's inspiring. It can be fun, but it can also be like very hard work. So you need, you have your vision, I think.
1: Yeah. Vision, definitely. Vision and mission, you know, vision is the bigger picture and the mission is really um, the, uh, what, what it's going to take for you to be able to get out from where you are, which is the old self. So if I look back at my, you know, my career, my old self, of these limiting beliefs that were told to me. And now the new self, I'm too busy in my new self now because I'm on the other side, you see. And so I can see people's old selves or, or what, what keeps them back or what keeps them playing small. It's time to bl- play big because every person who is listening to this, to the listener, you have a message And you have a certain way to deliver that message. And there are people waiting for you. But without you starting to play big, they're not going to be able to find you. Yes, you have to step up. And I think that's
0: been the silver lining in 2020 that um, so many people really took that up. So like, yes, so started and stepped up and stepped out of their comfort zone.
1: Yes, it's it's beautiful to witness so, that.
0: Yes, definitely. Oh my God, that wasn't really, really amazing. So beautiful. Um, okay, I have one last question for you just to keep it real. Can you tell us one thing that you're not good at? So it's not a trick question. It can be something really stupid <laughs> like, I don't know, ironing
1: <laughs> or baking Oh my goodness. What am I not good at? Um, well, there's many things I'm not good at. (laughs) Um, you know, what I'm not good at, I would say is, um, that is a very tough question. I never, ever thought about that is, um, I would say the tech side of business. Okay. Honestly, I'm not really a tech person and, um, that's why I hire people to do that for me. But, um, yeah, I'm not very good with technology. Um, and yet I've been able to, you know, create something even not being good at it. So with those things, you know, what you're not good at, just hire people who are good at what they do to, 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 to help you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good, um, learning as well. And inside. <laughs> But though I don't know anyone, like not not one yoga teacher who would say about themselves, they're good at tech. (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't even say that. And I'm probably pretty good at tech compared to other people. But then you're like, you have like those computer nerds and like, yeah, I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it can feel quite overwhelming, but yeah. the, the good, the good thing, the good news is now, you know, we also have like software that makes it really easy as well that, you know, uh, for us to kind of learn, but yeah, I would say tech. And as far as, um, personal, um, I would say I'm not very good at, um, cooking. Okay. <laughs> so my my partner does all the cooking, most of the cooking. Um, I try to, I definitely have moments of inspiration, but uh, yeah, I think I think those would be the two. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So
0: where can people go to learn more about you? Uh, yeah, you can so just go you?
1: to my website, com, and you'll be able to get to know me a little bit more and, um, or you can find me on my Instagram at bebosnack.
0: Yeah, and you also work with yoga teachers and wellness entrepreneurs, right? So, so I they do. Can-
1: yes, I work with with teachers, healers, energy guides, basically anyone who who considers themselves a spiritualpreneur, uh, because the way I teach is not just business is business, but really being uh, very uh, spiritual in a way that your business is an extension of your spiritual practice. Yeah
0: sounds amazing Um, I'm going to add all those links to the show notes of course so um, YB thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your story and expertise Um, this has been awesome and it was really cool to learn more about you thank you so much for having me Suzanne